You know, I just read one of those articles that say that men dominate 75% of conversations in workplace settings. And so there's just no chance of that here. They're just jealous. They can't dominate. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome to a Friday edition of the Little Red Bandwagon, a show that celebrates the strengths and roasts the weakness of the podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. I'm your host, Christy, and today I'm flanked by my road dog, Anne. Hello, Anne. Hi, Christy. Um, today we have a very special episode um, that Anne produced. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Well, I think everybody knows by now that uh, you guys came up with a, a slight alteration to the schedule or maybe just a new schedule where every third Friday of the month was going to be a clip show because there was a lot of really positive reaction when we did the special anniversary. So we thought that it might be a great thing to um, do some shows where we can pick a topic or a theme and then just bring you a whole bunch of TBTL related clips. And... I have to confess something to you, Christy. Oh, no. Um, n well, it's not a bad... I don't think okay. it's a bad confession. When you came back from your wedding sabbatical, nobody was more delighted than me because I really missed you on the program and I love to listen to you, but I was a little sad for myself because I had this feeling that you guys would be like, oh, well, Anne, thanks a lot. See you around. <laughs> And then I would be, you know, back in my lonely little corners. So I said to myself, the way to avoid this is to do so much work <laughs> that they'll never think of getting rid of me. So in that vein, I volunteered to take on some of the pre-production of the clip shows. So uh, whether they're good or they're bad, it's all my fault. <laughs> well, I can tell you from the survey results, nobody wants you to leave. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very big fan club. <laughs> um, let's see. So this one, you decided to do a clip show about terminology, which early on I used to do a, um, a TBTLism of the week, and then we kind of fell off of it or people weren't asking for them as much. So I love the idea of this. Um, but first, do we have anything? I see you have something you want to discuss. <laughs> I do. I just have to say, I'm really sorry about the egg thing. In the last episode, <laughs> I've had a few people who said, gee, Anne, um, it was fun eating eggs. Thanks for that. Not in a mad way, but in a funny way. <laughs> but so uh, I don't regret talking about the egg abobos. But I'm sorry if anybody um, feels differently about eggs from now on. You can still eat them. I still love them. Just if you're going to hard boil your eggs, cut them in check. half just to check. Yeah, just to check. That's all. I, I think we did a public service. I don't think that we need to apologize <laughs> for it. I'm just sorry if anybody was grossed out. That's all. I say never apologize. Don't look back. <laughs> all right. So... Let's have you start with our first clip. Yes, the first clip, almost the most important, most basic word in the TBTL lexicon is tens. What does it mean 
that we call ourselves tens. And this was something that happened very early on in the show. And it's a pretty short clip, but it's a really great one. In the meantime, let me read you another email that we got. This is from Jenna. She says, I love your show. Hi, I just wanted to write you and let you know that I really enjoy your show. I've listened from the very first night, and I try to listen at least a little bit each night. Honestly, my only complaint is that the commercials and traffic and weather breaks are too often. You said a mouthful, sister. Uh, your content and personality is a welcome breath of fresh air to the AM radio waves. I recently logged onto a website that had an article posted which was written prior to your first night. I read the posted comments in utter disbelief. I am very new to the whole blog thing. Uh, and could not believe how harsh the criticism was, much of which was prior to you even airing yet. Well, let me tell you what that was, Jenna. That was I imagine Jenna was at a, a website called Blatherwatch, which is a, a blog that covers talk radio. And it's run by a guy named Michael Hood, who I'm kind of friends with, actually, and I think he's a good guy. Um, what happens that's not so great is the comment section of this website, it's like the darkest, darkest place in the human heart. It's like... Uh, it's like looking – it's like if you could t take a picture of the heart of the guy who would pull the like – pull the levers for the gas chambers at like Dachau. That's, what, yeah. that's, that's what's in the heart of most of the people who post on the comment section of that website. It reminds me of that um, place where all the orcs are being made, where they're like being birthed out of the <laughs> – Totally. Out of the earth. In uh, the Return of the King. Yes. Ugh. That is exactly – that's a much better and less <laughs> anti-Semitic probably <laughs> – way to describe it. It's exactly that. It's like the orc factory. And what I think it is, is mostly people who have been fired from radio jobs or who have radio jobs they don't really enjoy. Um, and so they write some of the meanest stuff. And I actually had to just come to a personal uh, place where I just said, I'm never reading those things again. Uh, because I'll, whenever, yeah, before the show even existed, Blatherwatch put up a posting that said, oh, Luke Burbank's going to come back and do a show on Cairo, which was a nice little thing to say. And then the comments are so mean. And I think some of them are valid, but un but some of them are just unnecessarily mean and just wrong, like incorrect. Yeah. So I read about three comments in and I was like, oh, nothing good is going to come from me reading mm -hmm. this stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's, Jenna, what I think you were probably reading. But don't worry, because I don't read that stuff. So it's I'm rubber. Wait, it's glue. <laughs> Bounces off me and sticks to them. Sticks to commenters. That didn't rhyme. Hey, Mr. Panda, where are you at? I'm Bindi Irwin. You're I'm a rapper. Awesome. I am. Uh, anyway, Jenna, thank you for the nice email. One of our tens. She signs at one of our tens. Aww. That should be like, you yeah. know how like the Ron and Don Nation, people can be one of the tens. One of the tens. Because Love we always it. say we have tens of listeners on this show. Jenna's one of the tens. Why uh, did you think this was something you would want to do? Well... I know that you, you, you and I talked uh, on, on air, I think it was Monday, Tuesday night, and you said you watched Six Feet Under. And you notice in Six Feet Under that a lot of the work, it, one of the things that Six Feet Under actually gets right is that a lot of your, your time, is 80% of your time is spent with the living. You know, only about 20% of your time is spent with the dead. And the reward you get from the people that you, you help, uh, you know, the families that come to you and ask you to bury their father... Um, it's astonishing how how good it can it can make you feel. But what was the point, Brent, that you thought to yourself, I want to deal in that world uh, full time, like as my job? Um, well, actually, I had a number of people actually come up to me and and say, I think you'd make a really good funeral director. Just like on the street? Uh, no, no, people that know me well. Okay. Yeah, 
and uh, people who had been through burying a loved one, yeah. and and they just thought, oh, Brent's a guy who'd have a good hand for this. Well, yeah, you know, uh, you know, a peculiar um, combination of sensitivity and extroversion. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here talking on talking on the phone to a bunch of people in, in Seattle. Uh, well, let, let's not get carried away. It's not a bunch of people. Okay, t- tens of people, yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh, by the way, my wife wanted to men- mention to you that uh, she consider- she's got a new term for you. Okay, elevens. 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 These are pe- hangers on of uh, of tens. <laughs> People who are on oh the, oh I see 11s are the significant others of tens exactly people who are forced to listen to the show more than they probably would normally exactly <laughs> you wouldn't normally listen to the show a bit because <laughs> that's great yeah so she she she, well, she does enjoy you what's her name Jillian Jillian yep tell her like, good job Jillian that's a, that's actually a perfect description and uh, I can think of a number of people who are either kids of people or dating someone or married to someone who loves the show, and then they are forced, therefore, to hear about the show, to to listen to it, and so those people officially will be the 11s. Okay, Christy, I know that you and I have the same question about this. <laughs> Does Jenna still listen to the show? I need to know. I mean, she's the first one to call, call us that. She framed that. So if Jenna's out there, and who knows if she listened to this show, if she still listens to TBTL, we want to have you on. We need to talk to you. I need to know. All these clips gave me more questions than answers, which is usually the case. Um, but I also want to know if Julianne, who termed the or coined the phrase 11, is now a 10. Right. Yeah, I meant to say that I did include a little bit of the end of that interview with Brent, the Canadian funeral director, partly because it was just delightful to listen to him talk, and partly because I thought it was a really good lead-in to the idea of um, him being a 10 and talking to tens of people, and then she came up with that perfect um, accompaniment to it. Yeah, so either if either of you listen, we want to hear from you too. <laughs> and I think that they made it clear that 11 is not just the significant other or child of a 10. It's a person who's dragged into it kind of regardless of their own desires. <laughs> right. They're the people that have to come to live events or have to listen about my friends, Luke and Andrew, and all that stuff when they'd rather be doing something else. Right. A lot of hard eye rolling happens <laughs> when you talk yes. about TV. I mean... The live show um, in June, you'll see a lot of 11s feeling indifferent, being on their phones, trying to get out of it as soon as possible. So we'll see them in the wild. Maybe we should make them labels, like a sticker that just says 11 so they can identify one another. That's a really good idea. Maybe I'll go to Office Max and find some labels. (laughs) like it. They can stand in the corner together. Yep. All right. And then our next term is Japan's number one mixer, which, of course, we all know is Sean DeTori. So let's listen to that clip. Um, so it's time for Awesome Not Awesome. And let's start off with a big awesome. Run! And this morning, James, our web guy, forwarded me a link to some Japanese website. Well, what happened was uh, when he asked me what the description of our show should be on iTunes for our podcast, I said the number one English-speaking morning commute show in Tokyo. Oh, that's great. I didn't even see that. And he said, 
do you have proof of that? And I said, um, <laughs> yes, Michael in Tokyo. Right. And so guy. he laughed at me and didn't use it. And so then he, today he sent that saying, oh, my gosh, you weren't kidding. There's this website that is written completely in Japanese, except you'll see like Luke, Jen, Too Beautiful to Live. Sean. Sean. <laughs> Everything else, though, would be in Japanese characters. And so I had our buddy Michael in Tokyo. Michael is Sugoi. He is I think, Sugoi. I th- I think I think that's just goes without saying. I asked him if he could translate the website for us, and he did. And here's what here's what this Japanese website says about our show. Begin. I love radio. Yes, indeed, love it. From the day I heard it at the pizza shop, I became a big fan of TBTL. Once again, let me introduce Too Beautiful to Live, and then it's got our URL. A program from 7 to 10 p.m. I don't often get the chance to listen to it in real time, so it's become my daily habit to listen to a digest of the day's show by playing the streaming audio on this page. That's why I haven't been getting any sleep lately. <laughs> Three exclamation points. The host, parenthetically, what we call the DJ here, is a guy named Luke. The female producer is Jen. Sometimes we get to hear the engineer. We call it the mixer, Sean, talk also. This show is never boring, but always really interesting. It helps me learn English, you see. The FM here is rarely talk-oriented, so it doesn't really help me study English. The AM is so tedious, nothing but news and politics, so it's hard to find just the right program. They call their show, quote, most listened-to English morning show in Japan. <laughs> I really hope it actually becomes so. (laughs) Luke and Sean are both nice guys, and I think Jen is such a powerful and mischievous lady. (laughs) I really like her. At this point, my life's dream is to visit their studio. (laughs) Oh my goodness, we can make that life dream come true. Even if you're at work, try listening to the show sometime. (laughs) P.S. I finished my presentation last night without a hitch. I spoke warmly about what I love about radio in front of the class and went way, way over time. Joe, I'm so ashamed. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, that's great. How sugoi is that person? And where did, how did James find that? We have to ask him. I don't know if this is a boy or a girl. I love that this person apparently did a presentation at their class in English about TBTL. I love it. How cool is that? Luke and Sean are both nice guys, and I think Jen is such a powerful and mischievous lady. (laughs) 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 That is... It's all true. (laughs) It it is. It's spot on. And I like calling Sean the mixer. That's right. That's right. awesome. (laughs) I think that probably Michael, our translator... He was so when this person writes, we call them the DJ here. Probably there's a Japanese word for it, mm-hmm. but he just went DJ is the the English uh, equivalent of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's probably not such a term as disc jockey. Probably don't no. jockey discs even in Japanese. But I think so. Mixer. I don't know what the Japanese what the original word this person used for mixer, but it, it means it means Sean the mixer, I guess. That's cool. We never talk about this one. Because, you know, Japan's number one mixer stuck so well. But that in Japanese, Jen was called powerful and mischievous. <laughs> and those are the two best words to describe her. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Besides snarky and maybe a little drunk. <laughs> well, that too. I really liked that. Didn't we find out 
that the show was never actually on in the morning in Japan. So <laughs> it, they talked about how it was Japan's number one morning drive time show. And that was just a complete fiction because right. they have problems with time zones. <laughs> time zones are hard. That's true. <laughs> Oh gosh, this this was really great. I mean, can you imagine being in this person's class and they're presenting about TBTL? Maybe even played a couple clips of the show, and then Japan's number one mixer. I I love this um this title for him. But so you guys, pro I mean, most people probably don't listen to Ron and Don, but Sean works for Ron and Don, or at least did. I don't know the status now because I can't listen to them. But whenever they call him Shawnee or Japan's number one mixer, it would actually get me very angry to the point where I'd have to turn it. Yeah, you're not allowed to call him that. That's no. our name for him. Right. <laughs> All right, moving on, we get to one of my favorite pairs of clips. And this is where we define the term eagle soaring. And we all know that Luke is always in, in one way or another, getting his health grind on, sometimes yeah. more successfully than other times. Yes. But um, I didn't pick the clip where they very first talked about this. I think this is the day after, because Luke ran a St. Patrick's Day 5k and was mistakenly declared the winner of the over 70 age category, <laughs> which I have some thoughts about after we hear the clips. And so I thought it was very sweet. He actually uh, tracked down the real winner of the category and had him on the show to talk about it. So let's listen to that. If you caught last night's show, the beginning of last night's show, I, I took the air with a heavy heart because I'd had a very... Uh, fun and productive running of the St. Patrick's Day Dash on Sunday. But when I went onto the website, the official results website, I saw something that made me feel very sad and also very kind of guilty. And that was that through some kind of clerical error, I had been declared 76 years old and also the winner of the men's over 70 category. Uh, and and I felt particularly bad for a fellow named John DiLoretto of Bellevue, who, who who looked like he had finished in second place, but in fact had finished in first place for that category. And uh, we called him yesterday. I left him my number. And in fact, he called us back. And we've got him on the line now. Let's see if I can get him on here. Mr. DiLoretto? Yes, sir. I'm here. Hi. Thank you very much for coming on. Now, I called you Lucio last night, but I guess you actually go by John. I go by John. And uh, you're 72 years old? I am. And you ran uh, the St. Patrick's Day Dash in around 29 minutes, am I right? I believe they had me at 29.32. All right, well, 32 seconds. Who's counting? <laughs> pretty fast for a 72-year-old, I'd have to say. <laughs> Did you train pretty hard for this race? No, I, I run all the time. I've been running for years. And, uh, what, like, do you run three miles a day, five miles a day? Five miles a day. Every uh, day. And how many of these St. Patrick's Day dashes have you done? This is only my second one. Um, I have a friend uh, going to school here, and she wanted to uh, run in this, so I chose to run it, and we ran together. Uh, we did it in about 29 minutes, 32 seconds, and you beat another fellow. You're 72. You beat a fellow who was age 70 by four seconds. <laughs> did, you, did you remember? Did you see him kind of in your, out of your peripheral vision? Were you trying to beat this guy? 
No, no, sir. I was just trying to. I was trying to keep up with my running mate, and uh, she ran off and left me, and I was just trying to keep up with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did an amazing job. Um, but as you've heard through my message now, and also through the introduction on this program, uh, they declared me the winner of that category, and I wasn't. Um, uh, and you were. Yeah. Did you have any idea you won? No, I. Uh, it was funny because I looked on the website and I couldn't find my name any place. And um, I went, uh, I knew I finished around 30 minutes, and I went 30 plus and 30 minus, and I couldn't find my name. And when I came home, your message was on my machine, and it made my day. Oh, good. I thought we were ruining your day, because I felt like you, you ran it very in a really good time, particularly considering you're 72, and you must have thought, who's this Burbank character who did it in 24 <laughs> minutes? He's the fastest 76-year-old on the planet. <laughs> Well, well, Mr. DiLoretto, if I could, please, I'd just like to congratulate you on winning the over-70 category for the St. Paddy's Day Dash. Way to go. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure, and I enjoy your show, and I'm, I, stream, I stream it on my, uh, my computer. Well, Wait, now, now, are you just saying that because we brought you on, or have you ever actually heard of this radio program? Yes, absolutely. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you say that? Of course. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's like I just... I was sitting here laughing when you called. <laughs> That's well. This was meant to be. Then maybe you and I can be running partners. I think we run around the same speed. I'd love to. Okay. Well, maybe we can train for the next year's St. Patty's Day Dash and do it together and try to you know correct correct the record. And I again, I apologize that this year I, I took some of the luster off your trophy. <laughs> no, no, not at all. You added to it. We're we're uh, we're training now for the uh, marathon down in Green River in June. So if you want to, you can start training with us for that. All right. Is it too late for me to start on that? I'm, I'm running about three, four miles a day. No. What we do is um, we do one long run on the weekends, and we're up to nine miles. So you're due this weekend to do a nine-miler? Yes. Is there a way I could – could I try to catch up on that? Like I don't know if I could do nine miles this Saturday. Well, um, you do what you can, and then you walk a little bit, and then you run. Yeah, uh, you could do it. And you're going to run this marathon – uh, in June, you said, Green River? In June. I believe it's June 8th. How many marathons have you done? Quite a few. Oh, not quite a few, but maybe half a dozen. Oh, just only 12. <laughs> only uh, only like 145 miles of racing, that's all. <laughs> have you just always been a runner your whole life from when you were young, or did you get into it during your middle years to sort of stay in shape? Um, I was in the military, and um, it kind of comes with the territory, staying in shape. And so I started running when I was in the Navy, and I just never stopped. Now, are you surprised to hear that you actually won the 70 and over category? I was very surprised, yes. I mean, because did you would you have suspected that there were people over 70 that were faster than you? Because 29 minutes at age 72, it seems really fast to me. Oh, no, I... Um no, I I wasn't surprised. Um, I, I I was surprised I won. I guess if you live long enough, uh, <laughs> you win them all, right? <laughs> or if you're 31 and they have a clerical error, <laughs> as has been the case for me. Uh, have you ever Have you ever won your age category in other races and other marathons and things? No, this is the first time. Well, we'll we'll, let's, we'll give a call over to. I don't know if you were supposed to get a medal or something. I don't know if the people in different age categories got medals, but we'll call over because we know the people that run this race. Because like Ron and Don, the afternoon show here, they're kind of the honorary grand marshals. And if you're owed a 
a medal or any kind of fanfare, we will get it to you, okay? Oh, wonderful. Okay, great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, uh, we have your number now. I'll call you if I'm feeling brave to come out for this nine-miler on Saturday, okay? Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. That's John DiLoretto, the rightful champion of the over-70 division. Could that guy have been any nicer? I know, and I feel really good about you writing that wrong. I know. Like, I feel like we just got that off our karma load. You Except know? he didn't even realize. I imagine that he finished and thought, well, I definitely won, and then was crestfallen. But he finished and thought, let's go have some green beer. <laughs> and, and actually didn't really, you know, wasn't wasn't heartbroken about it. But even so, I'm very glad that we were able to fix the record. And, uh, and that he's a listener. I know. What the what? That's awesome. I think it's because I was the radio show I did out of New York was uh, kind of a... a I don't want to say an imaginary radio show, but it didn't have a lot of what you would call <laughs> listeners or humans yeah. who had heard of it. And so to this day, if anyone has heard of the show, I'm, I, f- I find it to be amazing because mm-hmm. I'm just used to going, no, no, it's uh, trying to explain the show and everything. So, well, that's just great. I feel I feel warm and fuzzy. I don't know if it's the martinis or if it's that uh, that John DiLoretto was so nice. But uh, anyway. As all of you probably remember, when we did do the St. Paddy's Day Dash, when Jamie was walking, uh, I ran a pretty dang good time for an over 70-year-old. The computer somehow filed me under 76-year-old men, and I won the over 70 category. So we tracked down the real winner, a guy named John DiLoretto from Bellevue. We called him, apologized on the show, and he invited me out to train for a marathon. And so this weekend was our first big training sesh and uh, we have pictures up on on the website do we, we Jennifer? Do. yeah john looks amazing doesn't he you look like you've been through something <laughs> we took a, a couple of after photos uh and yeah i look like a guy who just ran nine miles with the most badass 72 year old on the planet although uh, uh so let me just give you a little a little kind of sketch biographical sketch on john former navy pilot Lives in Medina, which is a pretty nice neighborhood, and drives a candy apple red Corvette. So I'm going to meet this older gentleman for this run, and I'm waiting at our at our uh, chosen spot, and I'm expecting someone to pull up in, you know, I don't know, a Saturn or something. A Buick. Yeah, a Buick, right? A Skylark, possibly. Uh So he rolls up in his like 2007 Corvette. That's huge and red and really fast and loud. And he gets out. And he's like, let's go. <laughs> and we take off on our run. And he's just totally dusting me. And he's like, uh, the, we're having a really nice conversation. But at one point he goes, you know, you can really leave off with the age stuff. Like as in, maybe don't talk about my age on the radio so much. Uh-oh. So I said, I'm just going to say that you're a gentleman of a certain age. <laughs> so as we go through this whole uh, training program, John and I, I'm, I, I want to talk about his age because I think it's so, it makes the story so interesting, but I'm just going to say he's, uh, you know, I'll put it this way. I said, how long have you been running seriously? He goes, well, I run, this is as we're going up a hill and he's not even breathing heavily. He's like, well, I, I run seven days a week. I go, don't you take a day off? He goes, nah, that's, that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> I go, how long have you been doing this? He goes, well, well, I think since uh, well before you were born i think it was 69 he got out of the navy and well before i was even a twinkle in susan kelly at the time's eye this guy was putting in 
you know, 30, 40 miles a week and has continued, uh, you know, up until this very day. In fact, I'm sure he went out and did five miles today and didn't break a sweat. Did you not do five miles today? I did three miles. Oh, that's good. Well, because my feet, I would cardiovascular, from a cardiovascular standpoint, the run went fine for me. I was feeling okay. But you know in Die Hard, the original one, when Bruce Willis doesn't have shoes on mm-hmm. and they shoot out all the glass? Mm-hmm. and That's my feet today. Oh. Yeah, I'm having major blister pain. You need to remember that you are no John DeLoretto. I am not. Few are. And I certainly am no, no, no JDL. That's what his license plate on his Corvette says. JDL. I like that. Yeah. So he's pretty much the awesomest guy I've ever met. And uh, he sent me an email, though, today just before the show. Uh, he said, uh, you know, nice running with you over the weekend. And then he just gave me some sage advice. He who hoots with the owls by night cannot soar with the eagles by day. He's calling you out a little bit. Yeah, there. because on the jog, I was like, yeah, this is why I'm doing this, so I can just booze it up at night. And he just sort of went quiet and kept jogging. And I think he was thinking about that. And I think this was his way of saying, lay off the sauce, mm-hmm. uh, youngster. And, uh, he also says, we need to work on your tan a little. Your legs are very white for a runner's legs. <laughs> I'm glad that you didn't include your legs in the picture. I'm getting cracked on by <laughs> a, uh, an older gentleman from Bellevue about my legs being too white. That kind of hurts. But anyway, so it was really fun. I'm, I'm glad I made it through. And uh, next week, 10 miles. All See right. how that goes. So, Christy, I think I figured it out. Okay. Luke was uh, labeled as in the 76-year-old category. And I thought, well, how do you get from age 31 to age 76? Where's the error that makes that happen? And then I thought, uh-huh. oh, Luke was born in 1976. Oh, smart. So he he probably did it himself. Uh-huh. He keeps <laughs> talking about a clerical error. I suspect it's a Burbank error. Yes. Well, we kind of already knew that, right? Yes. But I thought (laughs) that John DiLoretto is so delightful and somebody that I would really love to be my grandpa. (laughs) I want to be friends with him for sure. And how much did you love that he was actually a 10? Yeah, I still am. I feel like Luke did. Like, really? Really? (laughs) Yeah, does he still listen? I need to know these things. <laughs> and is he and, still running? Oh, yeah, because he would be in his 80s now. Yeah, I guess he would be exactly 80. But I really enjoyed how Luke was saying, oh, sometime you and I, maybe we can get together and train for another 5K. <laughs> and John just totally called him on. He says, how about you come out and train with me for a marathon? And then you could just feel Luke's brain going, hmm, 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 on it. I know, especially because Luke was trying to get him to do it the following year of 5K. (laughs) Like, oh, let's do this again next year. (laughs) Nope. In two months, we're going to be doing a full marathon. (laughs) But he turned out to be game for it, as we heard in the next clip. And the fact that he went from running three miles to doing a nine-mile run, I thought was very impressive. Oh, my gosh. I can imagine his feet were hurting. Oh, God, yes. That's a big jump. I liked the diehard analogy. Yeah, exactly. Because we've all had that, right? When we push ourselves too hard doing something Mm -hmm. and then don't want to walk. 
What I am quibbling um, with for the second clip is his impression of John. I love the description of him him roaring up in his candy apple red Corvette. <laughs> and actually, as a side note, I love the fact that Luke is searching around for an old person make of car and he comes up with a Saturn. That's <laughs> poor person car, not right. old person car. But then he does this series of impressions of John talking to him, which are totally unlike what we heard in the interview, where he was just so kind and so calm. And then Luke is pitching it like, you gotta lay off of the old stuff and come on, get with it. <laughs> and I love that saying so much. Yes. The he who hoots with the owls at night cannot soar with the eagles by day. That's so great. I want that like knit somewhere embroidered or whatever, cross stitched. <laughs> I don't think I'm very great at either hooting with the owls or soaring with the eagles. I just, I want a bird that's in between. Right. <laughs> Sort of gets up maybe at like eight. A... <laughs> Goes to bed at a reasonable time, but not too yeah. early. <laughs> and oh. this is this is where the imaginary radio show is coined. Yes. Um, so we hear the coining of the phrase "imaginary radio show" when he's talking about the Bryant Park, Park project. Oh yes, that's so I thought right. that was interesting. Because I always thought that it happened once they started podcasting, but I guess he always kind of had that phrase loaded up. I guess so. I didn't realize that the Bryant Park Project had such low numbers. (laughs) Did you ever listen to any of those? No. I know. Neither did I. I wonder if there's a place you can find those. Some sort of archive? Yeah, some sort of (laughs) archive that's being masterfully put together. (laughs) In an alternate universe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe there's nerds like us doing it. <laughs> there are two more things that I wanted to highlight in that clip. And one was Jen saying, you need to remember, you are no John DiLoretto. <laughs> <laughs> in all aspect of his life, right. he's no John. At 76, Luke will not be John. No, and really, John is who Luke I think wants to be maybe not the military service, but right. you know, really tough and fit and a non BS type of guy, a yeah. man's man, even the car. Yes. <laughs> and then the other thing I just wanted to mention was how John said at the end of the training leg that Luke's legs are too white for a runner <laughs> and he needs to work on that. <laughs> just imagine John getting a spray tan. <laughs> that's so great all right the next one um hits home um pretty closely for us the term is little red wagon welcome back to tbtl luke burbank here uh jennifer you've been in new york for the past week and uh you came back a changed woman yes (laughs) and uh in no way more apparent than something that you uh, explained to me uh, right when when I showed up today, and uh, you said you are going on the wagon for fourteen days. Yes, what tipsy one would say, intoxicated. 
<laughs> yes,、uh, the way that I am a changed woman, Luke, is that I have developed、um, a slight beer belly, <laughs> much to my shock. How in a in a you know the most appropriate way that you're able to、mm-hmm. to to describe this? How how did you figure this out? You just were looking in the mirror and I was said, no, I was walking down、uh, Columbus Street in Manhattan,、mm-hmm. and I caught my. Reflection、mm-hmm. in the in the storefront window, and I thought, "Huh, that looks like a pregnancy." And I looked down and I said to Jason, "Can you hold on just a moment?" And I went in that store and I asked if I could go in their fitting room.、And、I went in their fitting room and I looked and I thought, "What the hell?" <laughs> and I realized it's a bare belly. And you know, I mean, I've always been, you know, fairly skinny person. Don't spend another year on an ugly patio. <laughs> exactly.、Uh, wait, 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 wait. So, what did Jason say? Does did he agree that you that you've developed a belly? No. He he, he's like maybe I don't know. He's smart. Yeah. He's he's a wily veteran. Yeah. He's just like yeah I don't I don't know what you're talking about but you know whatever makes you feel be- better, honey. So I'm like we got to go get on the laptop. So I followed one of those chains where you know you put something in and then you get to a site and then you. So you 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 decided I have a a beer belly or a you know the beginnings of a belly. Yeah. And I want to do something about this. And so immediately you Googled instant belly cure. Were those the actual words? Get rid of belly、uh, beer belly fast or something like that. And that led me to one place, which then I clicked on another thing. I you know like fifteen. Different clicks until、mm-hmm. I got to alcohol fast fourteen days. And, and what、uh, that's fairly self. It's like game azing. Yeah. You. It's the 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 gist of it is in the title. Right. Alcohol. Although fast, I bet we could come、days. up with a word for it. <laughs> well, that can be for later this week. I'm still <laughs> I'm still kind of riding the high of shocky、right. cheese. Right. So you decided that your belly busting plan involves going on the wagon for fourteen days. Yes, and it's perfect because it ends on Mother's Day, which is a big <laughs> drinking holiday in my family. Yes, so it works out great. All right, and I too、uh, have been feeling a little bit more, a little more corpulent than I'd like lately, which is you know, par for the course on this. Obsessed, you know, body image obsessed show.、Mm-hmm. But even,、uh, I've been, just been feeling kind of a little tubbo, as Vanessa would say, and、uh, not about me. She just likes to use the term tubbo. <laughs> and so, and I'm trying to soar with the Eagles, right? And I'm going to Vegas in two weeks for my birthday. So this would be a perfect time for me to also get on the、uh, wagon for for 14 days. So I'm going to do it with you. Awesome. Um, you know, that's it. That's it. We're doing it. Fourteen days of no drinking. Well, in my case, thirteen. Well, starting today. Yeah. So it might be slightly less for me, but I'm not drinking until Friday, May ninth. <laughs> And you're not drinking until the eleventh. Amazing. I know. Amazing stuff, Shawnee. No pressure. You know, I、uh, I was thinking about this earlier, and I'd love to, but can I start to, uh, uh, after tomorrow? Okay. Totally, because <laughs> I I want to go out tomorrow night. <laughs> Perfect. So you start Wednesday. Okay, I'll start Wednesday、okay. for fourteen days. Yes. Or yes. no, you can just end when we end on that weekend. Okay. All righty. Together. I love it. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, I, I soared with the Eagles for 13 miles today. It was it was um, pretty hard at the end, and I'm going to have to try to figure it out. So that I need to do that on the weekends. That Long is not, runs should always be on the weekend. Yeah, because you need to just clear out your sketch yep. pretty much after that. Uh, I learned. So I learned a lesson today. You, Jen, also may have learned a lesson or have come to some kind of decision. I don't know. Last night we made a big deal out of the fact that we... You and I were going on the wagon for the next two weeks. You can't ride in my little red wagon. Boo, ah, uh, boo, ah, uh, boo, ah, uh, ah. Uh. That's the best wagon thing I could find on YouTube, okay? I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like if I just play it enough, kind of like this thing, <laughs> it'll become a sensation. You can't ride in my little red wagon. Boo, ah, uh, boo, ah, uh, boo, ah, uh, ah. Uh. So yesterday we made a big deal out of the fact that we're going to go on the wagon for the next two weeks, Jen, because you feel like you're getting a beer gut mm-hmm. and uh, under quick fixes mm-hmm. that uh, on the Internet, which is a, one of the most reliable places to find diet information, I think, mm-hmm. particularly when the uh, very search function is looking for uh, quick fly-by-night information. Well, and Jason reminded me that I had also put in the search um, non-exercise. <laughs> So it's like non-exercise, <laughs> quick fix, bel- beer belly. Um, I'm looking for roast beef related ways <laughs> to lose your gut. <laughs> and so you decided you were, that uh, you were going to go dry for two weeks mm-hmm. until Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And I said I will join you in that because my birthday is coming up, as is yours. I don't want to gloss over that. Your birthday is Well, that's week. really the issue is my birthday. Okay. So last night, big production, including a very special handcrafted sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> that I made, and now you're telling me that you want to try to back out? Well, I my sister reminded me that it's my birthday next Tuesday, and that, you know, how can I not have a champagne toast on my birthday? Well, I think it goes this way. You don't. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking maybe that could be a special dispensation. You get, a disp- you get an easement? Yeah. <laughs> on that day. Right. Some kind, of, some kind of grandfather clause. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, what I thought is that on Sunday is day seven. And if I've seen significant, uh, if my beer belly is down a bit, then um, I will be excited and think this is really working and I'll stick with it another week. But if the beer belly hasn't moved at all because I measured it, (laughs) uh, (laughs) then I'm going to be upset and have champagne on my birthday. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. You can't ride in my little red wagon. You can't ride in my little red wagon. Doesn't that seem to make sense? Well, there's a few problems with it, Jennifer. The first is that uh, this is the whole problem with those ab roller machines that they sell. You can't localize fat burning. In other words, you no. Can't, this article said you can. You can't. You cutting can't, out alcohol. You can't be a 400 pound person who has abs of steel, <laughs> which is what those commercials will lead you to believe that you can somehow have really, really rock-hard abs, and then just be fat everywhere else. It's like the only good those ab-burning devices do is that, yeah, you're burning calories, hopefully, and then eventually over time you may take off a lot of subcutaneous fat, and along the way you may get down to where you have like no body fat and you have a tight mm-hmm. stomach. Similarly, if you cut out you know, however many calories alcohol was providing in your life every night, if you cut that out for two weeks, you'll probably lose some weight. But I don't know. I don't know how they figure that it comes directly off el estomago. Well, I've always heard that alcohol does go right to your belly. 
That's why, why, why that's that why be? there's actually a beer belly. Well, I mean, that's yeah, because you know nicknames are almost never wrong. <laughs> I thought you were going to jump on board with this because I your birthday is next week. Also. I am on board. I'm the I, see. This is this is the point. I'm not the one who's trying to. Uh, I'm not the one who's trying to back out. I'm not the one who's trying to get off of the little red wagon. You can't ride in my little red wagon. Boo ah boo ah boo ah ah. I mean that's the whole thing there. I'm not trying to get out of the deal. The reason that we made the deal right. was so, like for instance, tonight is going to be tough on me because I did that big run today. I didn't drink last night. I was very disciplined today. With took my car into the shop to have it looked at. I accomplished a bunch of little things that had been nagging me. And my normal move would be to either go out with my friends tonight and have a few or go home and enjoy a fine bottle of Montepulciano as a reward to myself. I, mean, I, I am a very reward-based yes, guy. I, I. I set up these little tasks, and then if I accomplish them, that's my reward. But I'm going to not do that because we made a whole big production out of the fact that we weren't going to drink. Do you think that this is going to be easy for me tonight? I spent half the day emailing with the tens about forever stamps. I mean, that drained. <laughs> You've got to come down off of that. <laughs> All right. Well, Sean has already invited me out to trivia tonight, which would be another natural, uh, you know, drinking environment. Um, so I, I have to say, I, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of not drinking for the next twelve days. I'm just, I feel like we made this deal. Yeah. I, I let's talk about it throughout the night. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, on the air. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and we'll we'll come to some kind of decision by the end of the night. Perfect. I just feel like I have bailed on so many things on on this show. I said we were going to read oil. I bailed on that. I haven't yet been able to make it happen with Mr. T and Mike Essel. I just get this sense that this was like the one thing. Plus, if we start this and only make it like three or four days, we are officially officially total drunks don't spend another year on an ugly patio like, this is the most public i mean okay it's like a okay. reverse intervention i i just had a i was it was a moment of weakness i'm right. back on the plan okay this okay. is like you're kind of like my sponsor yeah <laughs> i'm calling you from in front of the mini market <laughs> where they sell 40 ounces <laughs> <laughs> All right, we ha we must take a break or we're going to be in trouble when the news comes around. So this set of clips left me with more questions than answers. First of <laughs> all, I just have to say I'm almost incapable of saying Little Red Wagon because I want to say Little Red Bandwagon so desperately every time. Right. <laughs> um, okay, I need to know, did they actually make it? Because we hear Jen wavering a little bit. A little bit? <laughs> And even when she said the date that she's starting, I was like, oh, her birthday. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Is Are both Luke and Jen going to make it past their birthdays? Are they going to make it past Cinco de Mayo? I mean, who knows, right? <laughs> Odds are not good. No. And the fact that they looped Sean into it and he already was like, uh, can I start tomorrow? <laughs> and then he said, I want to go out drinking tomorrow. So basically he means the day after tomorrow. Right. <laughs> so I want to go back. This make it, this clip made me want to go back and hear their adventure for that whole 14 days. And I liked how Jen saw the problem in the store window and immediately addressed it and went in and said, can I use your fitting room? I just want to know what the store people thought of that. And then Googled whatever it was she 
Google eliminate belly yes fat or something, or, or we learn in the next quick um, quick fixes non exercise <laughs> to get rid of her beer belly. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I loved when it it was obvious that Luke was a little bit feeling alcohol jealous when when Jen said, "I'm going to actually." Um, drink for my birthday. I'm just going to do a champagne toast. And he's like, nope, got to do it. If you can't do this for 14 days, you're a drunk. <laughs> yes. I wrote down the quote and she said, how can I not have a champagne toast on my birthday? And he said, well, I think it goes this way. You, you don't. don't. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> oh, and I love when he gives, because this has come up recently, about not being able to localize your workout. Like mm -hmm. you can't do a bunch of sit-ups to make your stomach go away. So, so he's known this all along. He's known. All right. Moving on is a really great one. I didn't find quite as much as I wanted. I have to say thank you to Phyllis for pointing this out to me. She's, of course, listening back through the radio days and she came across this. And so she flagged it for us. And it is... The infamous sign-off, no mountain too tall, and good luck to all. Speaking of people who've let us know, David in Seattle writes, I'm in on this contest challenge to do 100 push-ups at the end of six weeks. I feel uniquely qualified as a pudgy, middle-aged guy to succeed. No mountain too tall, and good luck to all. <laughs> that could go right up there with soaring with the eagles. Yeah. No mountain too tall, and good luck to all. That might be our motto for this whole thing. That might be my new sign-off every night. <laughs> I've been saying we'll see you real soon, but what I should be saying is no mountain too tall, and good luck to all. <laughs> this is another one where we're coming in on the middle of a project, which is the 100 push-up challenge. Do you remember, <laughs> did they ever get all the way to the 100 push-ups? I don't think so. Sean and listener, um, oh gosh, what was her name? Nikki, Nikki with two Ks, Ks Yeah. And they actually, what? I bet that in the archives, you can, of deep internet, you can find the video of it. Yeah, I think I've seen it. I think back in the days when all this, um, all the episodes were still on mynorthwest.com, I think I poked around in the blog and I found it. It's probably still out there somewhere. I think LRB should have a 100 push up contest. <laughs> hmm. No. Can we do it as a relay where somebody does the first 20 and then somebody else picks it up? <laughs> what would John DiLoretto say? Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I think we'll probably drop it at 15, day 15. And I remember there was a lot of discussion about whether Jen could do the girl push-ups. Right. <laughs> For sure. Now, this clip again, does David still listen? Right. Where did he come up with this sign-off? It's pretty great. I know. I did a little Googling to see if it showed up elsewhere on the web, mm -hmm. and all the results that I found seemed to be TBTL related. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I need to know. Too many questions. This episodes too many questions that's what we should call it <laughs> christy has too many questions <laughs> a little bit of a shout out to um our friend nick who has this tattooed on him yes that's commitment and you'll be able to see it live right because he's the live show mm -hmm. i'll be coming to the live show 
All right. So one of my favorites, the next, uh, the next one is the chamber. I'm not, I don't want to belabor this, Jennifer, because I know you don't enjoy this, uh, this line of discussion of discourse. And I do consider it discourse. But, um, you know, the new house has three bathrooms. Yay! Yay! Good. And this really changed my relationship with Vanessa. Well, it's changed her relationship with me. It's just so great. Because you're in there for long periods of time? I take a long time in there. Sometimes it's not a place you necessarily want to be right after. And, uh, you know, my apartment had one bathroom and her place in L.A. had one bathroom. And so it was, a, like you know, she's always been very kind about this issue with me. But, uh, you know, now that I can go, I can almost go two floors away from where she is to a private chamber <laughs> where I do my thing. Yeah. And we have one bathroom. Well, we actually have two very garish bathrooms, two bathrooms that were decorated in a style that's not our style. One of them has these um, tiles in the shower that are of exotic fish, like a ceramic tile with, well, not that a salmon's exotic. One of them's a salmon. One of them is that kind of fish that lives at the bottom of the ocean where there's no natural light, and it has the little um, part of its body goes right in front of its mouth and lights up. An so, anglerfish? Anglerfish? Is that what that's called? Yeah. Um, it's got one of those. It's, and it's got this horrible color of green jacuzzi tub. And Vanessa doesn't want to go anywhere near this bathroom because she thinks that it's so so um, uh, unclassy. So that's my special little <laughs> – that's my special chamber. I go in there with my copy of The Stranger. I've got like three old New Yorkers in there. I'm like a pig in – Got it. You poop your pants? <laughs> I'm good about twice a year for that. Um, I just really want to quickly read – the Urban Dictionary definition of the chamber <laughs> that someone entered. Um, a chamber of shame where you go to do the things you're not particularly, that are not particularly bad, but you, you feel embarrassed to do and say, your living room. Dude, after I got my electric massage chair from Brookstone, I had to put it in my chamber because my friends would think I'm a total <laughs> douchebag. Oh, Christy, I just have to tell you, as a side note, in the archiving project, I just finished the episode where Luke got the foot massager that he got trapped in <laughs> during the show. That's amazing. <laughs> and Andrew was all about that. He's like, well, I wouldn't have one of those things in my house. It's going to come after us. This mm -hmm. is when the robots take over the er the world. So I want to know, have you seen this bathroom? I have. And? It's, it lives up to its name. <laughs> it's very small. It just has a toilet. It has no windows. Um, I can, I can base, I mean, it was all cleaned because, I mean, he had that party. Right. In there. Um, and so everything was gone. And I could just still smell the residual fast food that he probably Aww. shamefully ate <laughs> late night in there. Yeah. At this first introduction, it's very much more talked about in a, in a poop way. Right. <laughs> and I know that it does evolve later on to be the place where you eat your secret Wendy's meal <laughs> and hide the wrappers so that Vanessa doesn't see. Yes. <laughs> My, I, my favorite quote was, um, 
because Jen was definitely trying to be like, okay, okay, we get it. You don't right. need to talk about all the shameful things that you're going to do in there. And <laughs> Luke says, you poop your pants. I'm good about twice a year for that. <laughs> oh, I think oh, that shame. George Brett story is so gross, but yet I laugh every time. Every time. So uh, what's in your chamber? I don't know that I have one. I live by myself. This whole place is my chamber. <laughs> I always say, don't be, sh- don't be ashamed. There's no need to be ashamed for things you like. Yeah, I'm Although- trying to think if there's anything that I wouldn't tell somebody that I do. When I lived alone, I had chamber shows on my DVR. So if I knew people were coming over, I would oh. delete them. Okay. Okay. Well, if I confess it, it's not really a chamber item, right? But in that vein, I love those stupid Lifetime Christmas movies. (laughs) (laughs) They're so awful. They're just terrible. And I enjoy the hell out of them. Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel. Mm, I don't know. Hallmark gets too treacly sometimes, but... I have been known to search Netflix and see what kind of, I think, didn't they call it follow la lifetime for a while? That was the slogan. <laughs> yeah. And it has like a little animated gif in the, in the top where mm-hmm. it will be like Santa going down the chimney or snow in a snow. I lived with my mom, um, because I was buying a condo and it became a short sale and like all this stuff. So unexpectedly I had to live with my mom during a Christmas time after living by myself, it was so bad because she just binge watched all day Hallmark and Lifetime and would flip between the two. I think I even remember my favorite one was this stressed out lady who is the manager of a regional mall and the sales are really bad. So she stages a sexy Santa contest to get traffic to the mall. And there's the sexy Santa is a student who's trying to save his family's pizza restaurant. It was just bad. No. (laughs) And I bet that they ended up together, right? I believe they did. It was a very realistic we need to put a spoiler alert on this. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So the final clip that we came up with, or the final term. Oh, and I should say, I'm not opposed to doing more of these um, terminology shows. It's just, it was a hell of a lot of work to find yeah. some of these since they're back in the radio days. So when we get the archive project finished and have the radio days I'll, I'll absolutely be happy to go and look for more of these things and anybody can send in the ones that they want me to look for but anyway the final term is coming into the current uh, time period tonight shorts all right level level got this thing working got the flask um let's see what else you're wearing a lot of clothes. Oh, yeah, because I rode over here on my scootabout, and I wanted to have a, uh, I wanted to have a hoodie. I, I mean, I'm not judging you, but it's like we're going in opposite directions. I'm, oh, I'm doing something shorts. that I never do. I'm wearing shorts yeah. outside. 
Yeah, I'm not going to wear shorts. I only have one pair of shorts, and I call them my tonight shorts. And I only wear them when I'm in for the evening. So usually I'll ask Genevieve, is it time? Can I put on my tonight shorts now? And if, if she says yes, it means I'm in for the evening. Yeah, the uh, the lead story, if you will, <laughs> and you shouldn't. I will. You shouldn't, though. <laughs> the lead story was... Uh, yeah, I've I've been I was basically down to one pair of tonight shorts. When I say tonight shorts, I mean proper tonight shorts. Where these are a pair of um, former tonight pants, a pair of old ca- <laughs> oversized khakis that I've been wearing for years, and then eventually they were either upgraded or downgraded, depending on your point of view, into tonight shorts, um, where I cut them at the knee, a good uh, like a good old um, Incredible Hulk style mm-hmm. kind of uh, khaki cutoff type of situation that Genevieve. Um, has described as sexy never in her life (laughs) Um, i was like i was i was really trying to figure out where you were going with that and then when you finished the sentence i it made sense yeah something just got caught in my throat for a second but um they've been they were great tonight shorts i've had them for a long time these are you know if you're not familiar with the vernacular these are just shorts that i basically wear almost every evening like when it's time for me to put the work away for the day and settle in i will i will change out of my um i will change out of my my uh today pants and put on my uh, tonight shorts but yesterday um you know they had uh, uh, some wear and tear issues and yesterday as i was putting them on my foot just went right through right through that hole these pants are probably 10 years old or close to it so they didn't really stand a chance so they already had there was already a hole and then you accidentally your foot went into the hole and essentially ripped just ripped just ripped the ass out of the tonight shorts. Yeah, yeah, that's not a show title, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's sad. I took a. Um, the thing is, I, I don't know how much, how many American pies we really need to dedicate to this. But in all truthfulness, I was in a bit of a quandary because I, I've always had a nice life cycle of kind of old khakis on standby that were ready to become tonight pants and then eventually tonight shorts after doing their services tonight pants. And this is the God's honest truth. Like, But these are all from an era when I wore khaki pants basically to work every day. Genevieve would call it my uniform. Like, And this is – I guess I wore khaki pants probably all through college and then all through the first probably at least five years of my job in New Hampshire, if not more. It's just like always a button-down shirt and some sort of khaki pants. And so I always had tonight pants kind of (laughs) waiting in the wings, but I don't dress like that anymore. So I had one last pair of kind of old khakis kicking around. They weren't all that comfortable. I cut them off at the knee last night. I I, I promoted them or demoted them into tonight (laughs) shorts. Um, They were fine, but like they're not like the old ones, and I don't have anything waiting in the wings. And I'm not going to – I'm not like – you know. Jean cutoffs. That's not a. That's not a tonight short. That's not. No, that's mo- that's more Tobias Funke. <laughs> right, right. So um, I'm I don't just know. fascinated. It's kind of the I'm, end of an era. I'm fascinated by this whole Lion King esque life cycle of your pants into shorts. It's like right. when you buy the pants, Rafiki the monkey lifts them up in front of the village, and then they eventually turn into shorts, and then they eventually go into the sky with James Earl Jones. Oh man. Somebody Photoshop that. It's the circle of life. <laughs> I forgot that they were tonight shorts initially instead of tonight pants. Right. But pants is a funnier word than shorts. Yeah, it kind of flows better. Yeah. 
but I, I again my favorite um quote was Luke was saying I'm doing something that I normally don't I'm wearing shorts and Andrew goes yeah I'm not gonna wear shorts <laughs> as if like he's asking him to like commit murder or <laughs> do something that's just morally uh, not okay I think the shorts aversion is kind of interesting because I'm cert- certainly don't have that problem. And it seems like on the other end of that spectrum, there are those guys that just wear shorts all the time. All the time. Yep. Like I work there with are, a bunch there of are them. ones, even in winter in Minnesota, you'll see them walking around in their shorts. They're usually bigger guys. So I guess they have a, a lot more internal heat. So they don't get frostbitten. Yeah. But uh, I'm not quite sure what's behind the disdain for shorts. I don't. So I remember when Andrew announced that he's moving to Los Angeles. This um, went to the front of my mind and I got very anxious <laughs> that he was not going to wear shorts in Los Angeles. And I don't remember if he actually ever ended up doing that. I can't imagine when they had one of the hottest years last year that he did not wear shorts. Right. And they didn't have air conditioning, right? Right. No, thank you. Well, I know that um, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about how Mike hates that the Tonight shorts are actually (laughs) khakis. Tonight khakis. (laughs) I think that probably every single 10 was shocked when we found out that the Tonight shorts or pants were actually khakis. I don't, I know in my wildest imaginings, not that I think a lot about (laughs) Andrew's Andrew's attire, but I never would have thought that that's what they were because they seemed so clearly to be some form of comfort wear. Right. Because khakis aren't comfortable. They're for the business casual. (laughs) I guess they're more comfortable than jeans in LA in August, but that's not saying a whole lot. I guess that, um, I, I also love that he had, I mean, I should, it's kind of mean for me to say, but I love the story of him putting his foot through the pants. And, yes. I do and have running. a question about that. Where exactly was this hole? <laughs> I have so many questions. So I know that he later on explained when, um, not in this clip, but he goes on to explain that he used to be bigger, so they're kind of baggy. Right. And he's actually run out of those. So I need to know what he's wearing for tonight's shorts right now. Well, there's no reason that he can't go out and purchase a bunch of cheap khakis that are four sizes too big for him. But that just, it doesn't seem to be the life cycle of the tonight shorts that's like they're not sufficiently broken in or he's just really cheap about it yeah i don't know i see more questions than answers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it's also worth noting that we get another term in here that i'm going to have to put on part two of the terminology show is they're talking about american pies this is not the coining of the American pies, but they refer to American pies as a unit of time. And that's something that's definitely important to talk about at a sure. later date. All right. Well, thank you so much for producing one of the best shows. As Trump <laughs> says, it's the best show. It had the it's gonna best. It's going to be a huge terms. show. <laughs> huge download numbers. The best download numbers that podcast has ever received. It was surprisingly difficult. Like for the... 
the first clip, the tens clip, I had such a clear memory of hearing it. And I knew that it was on a Friday and it was about three weeks into the show and it was right at the end of the third hour. And I could not find that little sucker. Anyway, it turned out it was on like a Tuesday in the middle of hour two. So there was a lot of digging around and fast forwarding through episodes. And I found a lot of other really interesting nuggets that I was like, oh, too bad we're not talking about that. <laughs> so there's lots of opportunities left. Yeah, for sure. If, if you have a term that you want to hear um, the birth of, please let us know. And mm-hmm. We'll, we'll do our best. Yeah. All right. Did you want to do the housekeeping? Or well, I, should, I could. Sure. You do the housekeeping. Okay. All right. If you would like to archive specifically the current shows, um, get a hold of me and I can assign that for you. you. Even if you just want to do one day a week, that would be perfect. We just want to start chipping these down and get them completed soon. Um, we still have stickers available on littleredbandwagon.com and come out to the live show. You can meet Anne and you can meet me. And I guess Bobby will be there too. <laughs> yeah. You can talk to Bobby. Yeah. If you want to. Um, <laughs> and that is June. Oh, tell me. 10th, 11th. 10, uh, 11th. Yes. June 11th. Um, and we're still trying to figure out um, different things for maybe pre-funk situation or after party. Um so if you have an idea, let let us know. And also, I think it would be kind of cool if Stu could come up with a comprehensive, or you, you or any of the Minnesotans could come up with a comprehensive guide to the tourists visiting Minnesota. Oh. Like, because I want to eat the local food. I want to make sure I get all the... Like weird Minnesota food and snacks. <laughs> uh, there's some weird food that I don't know that you necessarily want to try. <laughs> well, I. it's nice because I can limit to non-meat. Oh, products. that's true. Yeah, none of that's too weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of cheese, I hear. I know all the best bakeries and ice cream shops. That's really my Perfect. wheelhouse, so I can help out there. Yes, I'm in. <laughs> All right. Do you want to do the get involved? Absolutely. We would love for people to get involved. You can visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com. You can check us out on Facebook. Uh, we're on the Stens page quite frequently. I really love the Stens page. I think it's fun. And the Trump posts have died down a lot. So that's great. <laughs> or you can visit the Little Red Bandwagon Facebook page. Everybody except me has personal Twitters. Christy is at Kissy Eyes. Uh, Mike is at Drew McFrizz. Bobby is at RL Pape. Jeremy is at Dadstronaut. And Meredith is at Meredith underscore Mayhan. And of course, you can friend me on Facebook if you choose. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. And you can email at us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And if you need to um, tell us a dad joke, you can call our voicemail at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Thank you so much for being on the show with me, Anne, or I guess you allowing me to be on your <laughs> show because you you did all the work. 
Well, thank um, you for being on it with me. I I was ready to do it by myself if I had to, <laughs> but I would rather have not. So this works yeah. out. As we know from past um, TV tales, no one should ever podcast alone. <laughs> <laughs> but and I just wanted to say the card is true. Thank you, Christy. <laughs> Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. Nailed it.